Good evening, everyone. Good evening, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast, the podcast where we chat about, talk about all things Porsche. Last week was the hundredth episode. Steve wasn't here. It was. It wasn't the same without you, Steve. Hello, mate. I missed How it. Are you? I'm sorry. You it. Sorry. 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 Um, I had, I had family dramas. I had very sick kids. Um, so four days of constant vomiting and stuff like that it was just. Had to kind of prioritize all that. You noticed how I was, how I didn't actually say what the reason was. I was very uh, politically correct. Oh, because you were quite squeamish. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because you're, I didn't, well, no, no, I uh, just didn't didn't know if you wanted me to say what the actual reason was, so I I didn't say it. I think Ajmal, uh, Ajmal, uh, flap cap driver, uh, he's, he came up. He he's he uh, he helped us out, and he was going to be with us on the fr- three ways. Other people would have known from if they listened to last week's episode. See, I yeah, can't sorry, Ajmal. That wasn't deliberate in terms of bailing, but yeah, kids kind of, kids' sickness got in the way. See, Ajmal, I told you it wasn't you. It wasn't you. <laughs> no, no, no. I made a point of, I made a point of saying that too, because it's like, I know I am world's biggest introvert, but more than happy to kind of do a threesome with Ajmal. Go Ajmal. Um, so but yeah, speak. no, like, um, yeah, um, my daughter was not in good shape and everything, the juggling act at the moment is pretty intense, so, um, yeah. Yeah, it's not easy, I have to say, at the moment. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether there's a full moon out there or... Full moon? Or, I don't know what it is. Is it full moon, half moon? I don't know. Some yeah, days are, some, some days, if I was superstitious, some days I feel like I've, someone's put a curse on me, um, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, so, yes, Steve, 100 episodes... say Mercury Rising. Have you heard that? No, Tasha, um, I, you know, Natasha actually... Uh, takes notice of that. She sees that and she says, we can't buy any electrical goods, you know, don't buy a computer, don't buy a phone during this period. Apparently it does make a difference. What the hell does that mean? Mercury's rising, so then all of a sudden the world falls over. Mercury retrograde or whatever it is, isn't it? Is that what they're Uh, called? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you're not supposed to buy any electrical gear or computers or anything during that time. Otherwise, you know, things will all go haywire, apparently. Um, Okay. I don't think we've ever done it, so I don't know whether it is true because uh, we actually... We, <laughs> Try it. We actually... No, there's Just certain periods. <laughs> there are certain periods, aren't there, where you're not supposed to buy uh, buy anything. I got in trouble last week, actually. I got in trouble. Um, Nick, who was on the first owner stories, uh, my friend in the UK, mm. had a little joke with me about, you know, what is this about theatre? You know what I mean? Because I was talking about theatre in the beginning of the podcast oh, about okay. how I enjoy going to plays in London. So that's it. No more theatre talk. I heard that bit. Yeah, musicals. What the hell's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> it's the UK life. Um all right, let's get into let's before say so you get in the swing of it, Steve, because you weren't here last week. Mm-hmm. Let's get in. Let me just get into the mm-hmm. swing of a few things that we start with. Yeah, there you go. Um, last week's episode, I just want to say thank you again to everyone that um, said kind words on Instagram, on private DMs, on the YouTube channel, uh, which is at Michael Bath um, for the episode. Really appreciate it. Steve and I both appreciate it. It's pretty crazy, actually, and, and you weren't here, Steve, but I, I still, mm. you know, I remember when we did the 50th episode and I think I was in Bahrain and I said to you, you know, let's see if we can get to 100. And I have to say, mm-hmm. when I said that to you, I was jokingly saying it to you because I thought right. there's no way in the world, there's no way in the world we can do another 50 episodes and get well, to 100. So, get yourself to 200 or something. So, yeah. you know, um, like I said, nothing lasts forever. <laughs> So, you know, let's see what happens. Um, yeah. Okay. Porsche Cooled. Someone asked me, how do I join Porsche Cooled on Patreon? I don't know where to go. What is it? Um, but it's really, mm-hmm. really easy. All you do is you um, go to Patreon, 
patreon.com. You search Porsche Cooled, the podcast page will come up and then you log in and then you can join Porsche Cooled from $2 to $10 a month. And that's it. It just comes out of your credit card. It supports us. Uh, I think they take fees and stuff. I'm not sure how it all works on that side of it. Um, but, you know, they work it all out and they, they do it for you. Um, yeah, and that's all you need to do. Uh, so it's either, you know, you just go to patreon.com, search Porsche Cooled, or you go patreon.com, is that forward slash or backslash, I never know, slash Porsche Cooled, mm-hmm. Steve. So that's that. But no new members this week. Very upsetting. I thought on our 100th episode, we would have had a few new members to the Porsche Cooled uh, exclusive club, but no new members. So hopefully some will come along in the coming week. Uh, Porsche Cooled owner stories. Huh? How many members you got now? A couple of people have dropped off, which is, and they, mm-hmm. you know, which is understandable. Um, I know those things happen. Uh, I think it was about 27 or 28 Patreon members. Oh, yeah. Cool. You know, so small, but it's good. Still support. Yeah, support yeah, is cool. important. It's all good. Porsche Cooled owner's stories this week. It just went live on Tuesday. Um, as you know, Steve and I are recording this on a Tuesday. It's Tuesday night. It's a quarter to 11 here in London. Uh, Steve's in Sydney, so it's only early in the morning. But Porsche Cooled owner's stories went live on Tuesday. Um, and it is James. And James comes in from California. It was good to have Steve a, and I know you haven't listened to it, but it was good to have a um, no. 997 owner on the podcast again. And I said that to James. I said, you know, I was interested to hear his story because we haven't had someone who's had a 997 for a while. And I'm trying to think who the last person was and I should remember, but I can't. <clears throat> so James Craig, had a 997. 997. Huh? Is that that Craig dude in Sydney? No, that was that Craig was very, very early. There's Kestas who's oh, okay. got the 997. Oh, in Italy. In Italy, there's Kestas, yeah, who's been driving, who's always posts really good photos on his Instagram. Kestas, I know you're probably listening. But your photos on your Instagram of the places that you drive to, I think you're in, was it Portofino or somewhere like that the other day? Like, yeah, you really like, <laughs> you're really like, kill. I think it was Portofino, but honestly, Kestas, those images, they just kill me. It just makes me want to travel. Um, I was only talking the other day, Steve, to Natasha, like, you know, we used to travel yeah. so much. And it's like so weird when you think about it now, you just don't go anywhere, you know? Maybe, maybe Kestas is um, not in Portofino and he's just a master of Photoshop. I could do that. <laughs> no, he drives from, um, he, he's always driving around Italy, Italian roads. Um, I'm getting mm-hmm. off track. 997. So there was Kestas. Um, there, there was Craig, of course. Uh, there was Eric. Uh, and there was Amir. Hopefully I haven't forgotten anyone. Anyway, back to this week. James was number 33 in the owner stories. Like I said, Carrera S, uh, good story. Good story because he has the memories of, you know, um, an SC when he was a kid. Uh, his mother's, um, I think it was his mother's um, partner or mother's boyfriend. Um, and then his aunt's husband bought a, had a 930 slant nose. So he has memories of dry, riding in those sort of cars, Steve. Slant nose. Um, yeah, not sure about that one. Yeah, but it's good memories, good childhood memories. And I think it was really good. Like he bought a 997.2 Carrera. He drove it Mm -hmm. uh, basically in a snowstorm from Oregon back to California. Uh, Eventually the snow stopped and he had his his son who's like 12, Mm -hmm. who's really into cars. Uh, I can't remember his son's name, sorry. Um, Who's really into cars and they took the long way home and drove back. So, you know, I think those things are great. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, nice. it's sharing memories. You know what I mean? Like what you think about what you're going to do with your daughters. It's like sharing memories for the next generation. You know, things you remember, you know, going on that drive with your dad or, you know, and yeah. going to Porsche club meets and, you know, all those sort of things that you do when, they get a, when you get a Porsche or you get a 911 or, you know, that has a really strong community base like Porsche does, especially in the U.S. 
uh, and everywhere else around that, the world. Just on that, I'm assuming that thing, you know, that connection with your kind of kids, it can either go one of two ways, right? I sort of feel like this with both my daughters, which is they're either going to really, really love the GT3 or they're really, really going to hate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm very curious to see which way that one goes. Yeah, they're really going to go, Dad spends way too much time messing around with that thing and it's too loud and it's too noisy or... Um, they'll share the interest, but I wonder how, I wonder or, what it is that kind of, you know, Yeah, you know, or, or when they're 10 in 10 years' time, it'll be like, why don't you have an electric car that's so bad for the environment? What's wrong with you? Yeah, well, that's going to come, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and why do you have, you know, I know I won't say that. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I won't say it. Um, okay. Um, yeah, so check that out. Uh, that's uh, James. Um his Instagram, you can follow him on Instagram. It's at Carrera underscore in underscore the underscore curves. I think that's right. It's in the description of the okay. podcast. Go and follow James. Tell him you heard his uh, owner's story on the Portugal podcast and uh, give him a follow as well. Um, Apple ratings and reviews. Um, we had a review that I had a review that just came through today, this morning, which I just quickly copied. Uh, and it's from j 993 j993 via apple podcast australia so i'm guessing it's a 993 owner uh the best Mm -hmm. porsche podcast around i like these titles thank you so much um so that just says congratulations on the 100th podcast thanks for all the great podcast porsche content with real porsche life stories and that's what steve and i like don't we steve real porsche Mm -hmm. stories the real people the people that can as opposed to the fake ones until the fake ones that can't afford all the expensive uh seinfeld type cars I found out actually the one, the, the Apple review, remember the Apple review a couple of weeks ago and I said to you it was a, a fodder, Porsche class, Porsche something fodder was the title. The person who wrote that reached out to me actually. I know who that is. It's uh, Tips911, I think it was, who wrote that and he is, is it in... fodder or waffle? Waffle or fodder, yeah. I'm pretty, pretty sure that was, that was Tips. He's actually in, um, I'm going to see where it is now because I, I need to know, I've got it in front of me. He's in Australia and he's going to, mm-hmm. um, he reached out to me. He's going to be in an owner's stories. He has okay. a, I'm going to give it away. It doesn't matter. Um, he has a um, 912 that he's getting hot rotted uh, in a place in Adelaide, I think it is. Um, hey. Tips 911. Por- Porsche Tragic Fodder was the review. Um, and he's got a 996 and he's got a 912. So he's going to uh, be on a future owner's stories when I get around to recording everyone. Australian Ashmal. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of, um, and I think it's because uh, I'm getting a lot of more of Australian people actually wanting to be on the owner story, Steve. Um, hmm. Next week, Simon's coming on. Uh, Simon is pretty into, he's really into Porsche. He's coming on from from Australia and he's, uh, he mm-hmm. was like the start of it. Then I've, you know, this other gentleman, um, Tips911, I can't remember his first name, sorry, if you're listening. Uh, and then I had another person from New Zealand reach out to me who's got some really good cars. I'm not going to give that one away because that one's going to be really uh-huh. good. He's got some great yeah, Porsches and he's also got the Ferrari that I like, which is that underrated one that Magnus Walkers are keen on. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. I saw it in his picture. It's a yellow one. It's a GT, uh, the GT4 Dino, um, uh-huh. which I'm kind of keen. I really like the shape of it. I think it's got a really sexy shape. Um, uh-huh. So I think there's a lot coming up in owner stories. There's a lot there to um, a lot of people to chat about. So that's good. Hey, um, what did you think of Ajmal's performance last week? You think it was okay? I didn't. I haven't finished it. Um, <laughs> I keep listening. I'm listening to it at about 15 minutes at a time. I just, it was yeah, really this... long that episode. It went. We went oh, really long. Yeah. And I actually, oh, I didn't. 
I didn't notice because um, I've just been all over the shop. So, um, well, I got I got past Warhorse. <laughs> it was it was. I think it was about. In all honesty, I and Ajmal probably did notice this. I actually cut little bits and pieces out of it because it mm-hmm. it was it was quite long. I think we we're almost like an hour and a half, so it went a bit it went a bit over. Um, so, mm-hmm. oh good. Yeah, what else was I going to say? So owner stories. Oh, and then I had um, then I recorded a I recorded an owner story, Steve, on um, Sunday Sunday morning mm-hmm. or Saturday morning with Bernard from Brisbane, and Bernard's just got mm-hmm. his first nine eleven at the beginning of the year. He's coming up in the next couple of weeks, and Bernard actually has been chatting to me on Instagram, Steve, and he actually um, mm. he actually proved me wrong. And I did send this to you earlier. I don't know whether you read it in the notes. He proved me wrong in that Porsche no. Brisbane. I don't know what. I don't know how. I swear that I read this and someone told me this, and it was like fact. Porsche Brisbane had a 997 in the beginning of this year. That in February or March, they had a 997 Carrera GTS yeah. in manual. Yeah, oh, in okay. manual. Now, yeah, right. I had this conversation with You're pretty rare, though, right? Yeah, and I had this conversation with Paul in New Zealand who bought the one from UK. And I mm. thought he said to me as well, they didn't come in manual in this market either. They're PDK only. But I don't know whether mm-hmm. this is the only manual or it was some special order for someone at Porsche or it's very weird because I swear that I've everything that I read and heard, it, that the GTS, and you've seen them come up, right? The 997 uh, GTS. Yeah. I don't really follow it that much, but I think, and I probably just repeat whatever the hell you've been sort of saying. So, um <laughs> Not, enthusiasts, not like I would know, and, but, yeah. enthusiasts, not experts. Just remember that. Enthusiasts, yeah, yeah, not yeah. experts. Um, just big asterisks. Um, yeah, I, so I had no idea. Well, to all the international, the market, to all the international listeners, you know, the 907 GTS, I really like the car. Steve's not a big fan of it. He says, why would you go to the GTS? You should just go straight to the GT3, right, Steve? That's your opinion on that 997 uh, GTS? Uh, if, if, it's, if the values are kind of like, you know, right up there, then, yeah, I just kind of go, oh. I, I look, I, I can kind of see the merit in it, but um, there was a point I remember when you sort of prodded me at one because you sort of said, hey, how about this one? And it's like, yeah. man, you're only like 10 or 15 grand off a GT3. Just get the GT3. Yeah. And I, I'm talking. I mentioned to Bernard when I was re- recording his owner stories, I think, you know, there was one for, and we're talking about Porsche market today, you know, talking about prices because this thing with the prices on Porsche, it's really... I think it's really coming to the really pointy end here where it's getting very hard to get into the brand if you don't have a lot of cash, you know. No, I was like that ages ago. It's dumb. It's just hard. It's got harder though, hasn't it? it has got yeah, COVID has hard. made it it's harder. It's too hard. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether that's because I don't want to get onto the Porsche delivery thing in a second, something I read. Um, yeah. But, you know, the 997, so it was available and it was 249000 Australian dollars. Whoa. And How many it sold. Miles did it, have on it? it sold uh, pretty much straight away. I think. I think it only had. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to find it. It's okay. Like low, <laughs> lowish, lowish. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. L- lowish kilometers. Uh, I'm trying so to find it now. So why you talk? So just keep talking, and I'll find it. For me, so when I say low, like if it's kind of, you know, below 50 or 60, say for a, a what would probably be what, 2010, 997 thereabouts, um, GT, GTS. If it, if somebody paid 250 for it, it's like, yeah, uh, again, look, it's horses for courses. Um, but I would just kind of go, why don't you just go and get a GT3? Just get a, 
get a touring GT3 um, without the roll cage okay. um, and all of that. It's just a bit more more special than the GTS. So it had it obviously has it's from Porsche Center, so it had a warranty. Uh, yeah. Drive away price actually, it's drive away price, so that makes a big difference in Australia. That makes yeah. a difference. About ten percent is it costs you about what seven percent if it's not drive away extra on top uh, with yeah. duty and stuff. GST. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to calculate, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's it's two hundred and forty nine thousand Aussie dollars. Yep, eleven thousand kilometers. So it's really low kilometers. Oh, eleven. Okay. And the other ones that came up for the listeners, you know, if you guys are interested, the other ones that came up in Australia were 179, and Steve said you'd be effing crazy to pay 179 for a GTS when I showed you that one about two years ago. Um, it's longer than that. <laughs> and that had 50,000 kilometers, I think. And then another yeah. couple of other white ones came up. I think a black one came up. I think there was one black one, wasn't there? Some rare one that came up. They're not all in white. Yeah. There was a black one. But yep. they're all around yep. that price. They were around two, you know, 179, 169. Um, so I guess for something with such low mileage, um, it's pretty good. I was more in, impressed by the fact that it had uh, only uh, it was a manual. Yeah. Um, Bernard also I'd told me. I'd still go that black. I'd still pick that black GT3 that's um, on car sales over that at, at that sort of money. Well, I would as well, actually. Um, I looked at that, oh. you know, this morning when I first woke up, I looked at that again to see what the GT3s were. Just do it, mate. Because... <laughs> Someone sent me a message, um, mm -hmm. and I always apologize because I'm going to remember because there's so many people, but I think it was on YouTube, actually. It was on the YouTube channel, Michael Barth. <laughs> I'm going to mm -hmm. plug the YouTube channel today. It was on the YouTube channel, and it was on one of the videos where we're talking about that uh, GT3 that we were talking about, a white GT3 997, the one that's for yep. sale at Auto House Hamilton in Sydney. It's still there. Yep, um, yep, yep. Which is quite appealing. I looked at that again today and I looked at that black one again today with the, with the ceramic yep. brakes. They're both very appealing. I mean, maybe the white one in Autohouse house is not, maybe that's quite okay. And then someone said to me, all the US mm. GT3s had sunroofs. Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. I didn't, I didn't realize that in the US they were all sunroofs. Obviously not models. RSs. You're just talking a standard 997 <clears throat> GT3. Yeah, it was just a standard GT3. The RS, uh, the RSs, no, the RSs, um, GT3 RS and GT2 didn't have sunroofs, but the the 997 GT3s all came with the sunroof in the US market. So mm -hmm. here I was thinking yeah. it's a bit weird. It's not that weird. No, no, I don't think it's that weird at all because when you sort of read Renlis, people talk about it all the time. I think some people kind of, you know, take this take the sunroof out and weld a new panel in and all that sort of stuff. But it's funny that because... I wouldn't bother. Yeah, you know, you were you asked me um, about how come the one at Auto House is sitting so long. Not yes. and again, not that I would know, but um, I came across the um, thread on um, Porsche Forums Australia, yes. um, where people kind of chatter about it, and yeah. it's kind of interesting because a couple of people were talking and um, they were sort of saying, "Oh, the car's a bit schizophrenic," you know, like it's got um, the the Carrera GT seats, the lightweight bucket um, things in it, but then it's got a sunroof. Um, but mm. I don't know. Like, I just kind of would have thought, like, like I know the theory of it is that um, a GT car or, you know, sort of more motorsporty sort of car shouldn't have a sunroof because it's the extra weight above you and it's in the wrong spot and all of that. And yes. Potentially some people don't use it. But yes. I'll, I'll be honest, like, if that was me... And um, my GT3 had a sunroof. I'm not sure I'd stress about it that much because, like, you know, for 
For the way that somebody like me uses it, I don't think it would make that much of a difference. Well, in next week's so I'm surprised owner stories, that it's that polarizing. Yeah, in next week's owner stories, um, Simon, who's coming up, we spoke about it because he's got a GT3. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a GT3 mm-hmm. story next week, and he, I think he he does post on that forum on Porsche Forums Australia. I think we brought it; it came okay. up. Um, yep. And he said the same thing. He wouldn't buy it with a sunroof. And I was of the same he opinion. Okay. No, he wouldn't. And yeah, I was right. of the same opinion yeah, yeah. when I was talking to him. And that was a couple of weeks ago when I spoke to him. Um, sure. But then, you know, I read the thing about the U.S. market. I'm thinking, mm, U.S. market, they had sunroofs. And then, I, then when I saw that article, Steve, I also saw a 997 GT3 RS, which had a sunroof. There was a picture of an orange yeah. one and someone had it circled saying, you know, even these came with sunroofs. It doesn't yeah. feel right. I don't dislike the spec of that car. I mean, the sunroof is... It's one of those things where you have to make the decision, though, isn't it? It's like the wheels on my 997 when I bought it. It's like, uh, no OEM yeah, sure, wheels. Sure, sure. I'm going to have to find them. I don't really yep. want wheels like that. I'd rather have original wheels. But in the end, yep. it would have, been, would have been a really bad decision not to buy the car because of the wheels, right? Because it's an easy change. Oh, now, yeah, crazy. Yeah, for yeah. wheels. But when it comes to a sunroof, yep. you know, like you're not really going to, you know, weld up the roof and change it and, and you know, get rid of the sunroof. Um, but is it going to bother you that for much? For sure. See, my point and, is, and I, that, I know that's I never. Exactly my point. Yeah, but my point is, I know I never use a sunroof. It's not even about the weight. The fact is, I never use one. I never use it. I never open it. Which I kind of understand. Like I've uh, pretty much most of my cars have had sunroofs. Like you know, my nine nine three did, my nine six four did. Um, you know, my Audi S three did. Blah blah blah. And I did use them because um, I reckon it lets a bit of sound in. If you don't like driving with your windows down. Um, you know, open the sunroof and you kind of get a little bit more exhaust noise, blah, blah, blah. That's just me. I'm just surprised that it's that um, that contentious for people because even if you don't... So, say for argument's sake, it's you. Like, your habit is not... You've got a car that's got a sunroof, but you don't use it. Um, so, therefore, what's the kind of issue? Because then you just go, well, don't don't play with the switch, don't open it. Um, is it because there's a look, the, the look of it, that when it's closed, it's got that sort of panel that you can sort of see in the roof line? Or are you worried about the kind of extra weight? Which, again, I, I would argue that unless you're a track rat, are you really going to notice a difference? Uh, and look, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just asking, I'm not really kind of stirring the pot, but I just found it interesting that that people were so adamant that, you know, you can't have a GT3 with a sunroof. Yeah, yeah. It's a tricky one. I don't know. I don't know mm. if there's a right, right or wrong answer, but you know. And no, I, there I, isn't. I'm of not saying I was never an anti-sunroof guy. It's just in the 911, I don't tend to use my sunroof. I'd rather just have the windows down a bit. In the Audis yep. that I had, you know, they all had they had sunroof, and I used to use it all the time. You know, I used yeah. to think it was cool. I used to use it. So, but I don't I'll tell know. you what, I hate. I hate the sunroof in the McCann. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All McCanns in Australia, I believe, have the panoramic. Well, maybe um maybe I'm misquoting it, but a lot of them like when we were looking, most of them had this big glass panoramic sunroof. Um, my wife's very sun conscious, so we don't use it, and I rarely drive it without her in the car. Um, but the thing about it is that it's so hot um, because it's one big glass kind of panel in in the Australian sun. Um, it's so hot it it heats the car up, so whenever you kind of get in in it, if it's not been parked um, indoors. Um, it heats the car up way too much. All right. Even though it's got that sort of sunshade thing, which does jackal. Is that an electric sunshade or is it just a standard pool hand thing? No, it's electric thing. Electric. Fancy. But just, yeah, just the full, 
the full length glass sunroof, um, somebody's got to do something about that. It, it's not very thermally um, smart. I yeah, I'm not. I can see the benefit of letting light in on these full glass roofs, but I'm not a fan of them. I'm really not a oh. fan of them. But I do kind of understand them. And I know electric cars have them. And I've heard people say about the same thing with Teslas or whatever it is that have the glass roof or whatever has the glass roof. Porsches have them now yep. too, don't they? The Porsche yep. Taycan. That, you know, yep. the heat, if you're in the wrong climate, the heat is just, it's no way of avoiding the, the heat in the car. Um, oh, yeah. Like, like imagine said, Bahrain or something. That in Bahrain, be, you could uh, have Australia's it. hotter, but yeah, it's horrendous in um, no, Sydney. I saw, I saw those colours. Oh, my God. That frozen berry, the frozen berry and the cappuccino oh. color. Is it cappuccino, that other color that's like a cappuccino beige color? I saw them, I saw a picture of a caiman in it because it comes in caimans now. You, I think you can get, a, you can get the, the spider in it. I think you can even buy the spider in that color, Steve. Frozen right. berry. And you know what? I was Don't looking know. at those colors and I think, I bet they're popular in Bahrain. I bet you start seeing them in Bahrain, especially that cappuccino sort of beige color. I'm sure it'd be really, really popular. Um, right. They're funny. They're funny colors. It's definitely not cassis red, that, that frozen berry. I thought it was darker. It's, it's more sort of like, I don't no, know, it's milkshake, literally light, like, light strawberry milkshake color or something. Yeah, it looks like a yogurt kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, the, the, the GT3s, you know, GT3 values, you know, like I said, we're talking about Porsche values, you know what I mean, Porsche market. That GT3 in uh, Autohouse Hamilton in Sydney, I think is a really good price. Yeah. It's actually a really yeah. good price. And as is that other one with, I kind of am very keen on that black one, I think is a really good one. And I don't understand why it hasn't sold because it's not that expensive for the mileage, like you said, and it's got ceramics, carbon mm. ceramics and everything. Um, but the one in Autohouse... It kind of makes sense to me the way the guys spec'd it. And so the listeners who haven't seen it know it's, it doesn't have a roll cage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I, I kind of like and I kind of don't like, but I think I kind of like it, the fact that it doesn't have the roll cage. It doesn't, you know, I don't know if I really need a roll cage in a GT3. Um, <laughs> and I know what they sound like <laughs> yeah. and I know the noise of it and the fact you that you can't it. stick you anything. Yeah. You don't, you don't need a roll cage in a street car. Like, you know, mine, mine has one. What do I really kind of think? It's like, if it didn't have it, it would be quite, it would be a decent amount more practical. But um, you can see the so, way that person spec that car, can't you, Steve? They put those, yeah. they've specced it with the race at the seats, but the seats that tilt forward that you can get to behind the seat, right? Oh, it's got GT2 seats in it. Yeah, it's got those seats. It's got the other seats, not your lightweight buckets. It's oh, got the it? one. I thought it had mine. Okay, yeah. No, cool. it's got the other ones. I'm pretty yep. sure. Am I wrong? No, I'm not wrong. It's got the other ones. I just looked at it before. Right. Okay. Um, it's got yep. Chrono Pack. Yep. It's got Xenons. You know, it's got a sunroof. Doesn't have the roll yep. cage. You know, it, it, I think the guy's he's thought about it. It's been a very personal car the way he spec'd it. You know what I mean? He's obviously spec'd it that way for a reason. He wanted it that way. Uh, yeah, if you just kind of come at it the other way, like if for argument's sake you had bought the car from brand new and you went for the non-club sport, it's like you. Um, I, I bet you like if you were in that position, you would kind of um, tick the box to get better seats, that's all. Yeah. yeah. So don't uh, the comments about it being really schizophrenic again, I don't quite understand that because it's like, oh, no, it's just like... It's a GT3, but somebody kind of um, put better seats in it, which is exactly what I would want. Yeah, and some people have those seats in the 901. They have those seats in the 991, right? And some people have the other seats. So it just depends. But one's a bit cheaper as well. It could have been a price thing. Could have been a price thing. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah, yep. And also the really rare thing that came up for sale uh, and international international listeners, I think in the UK, there's a, I had a look actually the other day. There's a few for sale. They're not cheap. Uh, and I mainly looked at looked at them because of the fact that I would listen to that podcast that you put me onto the um, car chat podcast. Um, oh, Sam Moore's. Yeah, yeah, but that guy's out of a different league. I watched one of his videos. He just picked up an eight twelve super fast Ferrari. <laughs> I mean, for God's yeah, sake, I told you. you know, like <laughs> you know, these aren't normal people. You know what I mean? Like he seems like a nice guy, but they're not. They're not. They're not talking about normal people here that can just go out and just. <laughs> buy an A12 Superfast. And then I watched another video where he's driving around in his F40 Ferrari. I mean, he's uh-huh. got an yeah, F40 wonder. in blue. <laughs> I don't know. I find him more watchable, listenable than, you know, somebody like Shmi or whatever. So um, Yeah, anyway. yeah, Shmi's getting a bit tiring. So anyway, the 997 GT3 RS has kind of been in my head. And then uh, Bernard actually in Brisbane, he sent me the link. It was at Porsche, the one I sent you, Steve, Porsche Melbourne, was it? Mm-hmm. The GT3 RS, uh, which was owned by, was it owned by Jim Richards? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was a, a white with red decals 907 to GT3 RS. Yeah. Okay. White with red decals, right? I thought it was black. And it had about 14,000 oh, yeah. kilometers on it. And one of the major sort of selling points... One of the major selling points was that it was um, owned by Jim Richards, but it had and he'd done um, Target Tasmania in it. Yeah, and the message that I got uh, from the guy that's coming up on owner stories, Bernard, he said to me mm. that it was listed at Melbourne, right? It was yep. four hundred twenty-eight thousand Australian dollars. This just shows you the state of the Porsche market at the moment, how crazy it is, and how quick you have to be. It lasted two hours before it had on yeah. hold on it, so we obviously had it on a. On a, on a reminder, and it sold in two hours for 428. Uh, and, you know, when I went to Porsche, South Sydney, when Seen Through Glass was in Australia, when he was doing his Australian tour, when I went and had a look at his car there, when he was there doing some event, I actually went to that. Mm-hmm. That's when I saw mm-hmm. that GT3 RS in grey in their dealership. Mm-hmm. That's when they had it. Um, yep. And that was 379000 Australian dollars. Uh, and it mm-hmm. went down. I think in the end they put it down to somewhere like three four nine or three five nine, and then it disappeared. Um, I don't know what yeah. kilometers that had on it, but that was the grey. To me, the grey is a better color. The grey with the red wheels. Yeah, better than white. That's yeah. that's the better color. Um, that's the perfect so color. Yeah. When you think about it, four twenty eight is a lot, but four twenty eight in that period. You know what I mean, Steve? Like that's probably two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago. From 370, 350 to 420, that's not that much, considering the markets are all oh, going a bit crazy. It's just mental, though. I mean, look, there's a lot of the bits that I've kind of read. I've, I've been off the grid for a little bit, but um, I've noticed there's a little bit of chatter with everybody sort of saying, like, 997 GT3 is kind of where it's at. Um, yeah. Obviously, the point two RS has always kind of been revered in the 4-litre, but um, there seems to be this thing where people are kind of just talking about um 997 gt3s in general which is obviously great for me but um it just seems to be kind of getting to that point where like the values really are kind of getting quite quite scary the values are getting scary but the market as in sales and how things quick how how things sell so quickly it scares me how Uh people make you know it scares me how quickly people make decisions and i know everyone Uh thinks i make take a long time to make a decision but it's not it's not always about whether you have the funds or you don't have the funds. It's whether you can allocate those funds at a certain time, you know. So if you're looking and you, you're making these decisions and these, you know, mm-hmm. looking at bring a trailer, it's not just Porsche, Steve. It's like 
You know, there was some yeah, yeah. GT40 on there the other day, you know, had no kilometers, no miles on it. And then there was another one yeah. a couple of weeks before. And they go for crazy money, you know, absolutely crazy, crazy money. A car that hasn't been driven that people are saying that all the seals and everything's going to be changed to have to be changed over because the car's sat for how many years since it was new and done, you know, 20 miles or something or 50 miles or something. Um, yeah. But... I just want to go into that auction. You're talking collectors, though, right? You're talking collectors, yeah, but I want to go into that collection. Which is different, the- too. I, I'd argue that somebody that's buying a no-miles kind of collector or what you're about to kind of get into, the, the Leonard Connection type, yeah. somebody that's going to buy into that would have a very different sort of headspace mindset, you know, to somebody like you or I or a wealthier version of you or I. Well, kind of let's get on to the Leonard Collection. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean... Bring a trailer, there are some collectors and some cars come up on the premium site on the listings that obviously are collector cars that a normal person wouldn't just buy and drive because the amount of money you're going to lose. Well, I wouldn't think a normal yep. person would just buy and drive. Now, the Leonard collection, yep. I had a look at it. Uh, I watched the video. I didn't realize it was a video. Yep. I actually saw it the other night when I, like about midnight when I was trying to go to sleep and I, I saw it come up on their Instagram and I thought, mm-hmm. what in the hell is this? There was a picture of all these Porsches. And then I didn't. Then I went on to collecting cars and I saw it. And then the next morning I had about five messages from different people saying, got to watch this video. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to really enjoy it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've all, I don't know if everyone's seen the video, but if you haven't seen the video, because I know some of the US viewers aren't, aren't that um, familiar with collecting cars, um, but it's Chris Harris. Yeah, it's, everyone else's version, the rest of the world's version of um, Bring a Trailer, basically. Yeah, so it's it's another one of these auction sites. It's done by Edward Lovett, um, and Chris Harris has something to do with it. I'm not sure. I think Edward yep. Lovett is the founder of it. He's the one that owns it. He's been selling, and I think he has a. He yep. used to have a singer. I don't know whether he still does. Um, yeah. So you know, there's some amazing cars there, and you watch a Chris Harris video, and it's you know, you're a kid in a candy store, and there's so many cars. But what I found, the first thing I found quite surprising, Steve, is that I looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> that night and I don't know when uh-huh. it came up on collecting cars but everything was no reserve yep. and everything already had a crazy dollar amount against it like I was struggling uh-huh. to find something and the only one that I found that only had a lower value which I quite uh-huh. like it was the 911s in that blue color you know what I mean the 70s 911s which was 55,000 pounds which is now 59, well, I think it's 65,000 pounds. Because I saw a similar one in Italy and I, I sent it to Nick at the Classic Series and someone, and I think I might have sent it to you or someone else. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that one's really cool. That one's only 55. And that was like the only one in my price point. And then when you yeah. watch the video, like all those RSs, they got no, there's no mileage on them. That club sport, yeah. there's no mileage. Who is Leonard? That's what I want to know. Who is, this, yeah, who is Leonard? Um, that's exactly what I, I, that's the first thing that I Googled after I watched that video is like, who, who is the dude that had all these kind of cars or who is the she that has um, this amazing collection? Um, but don't know, it doesn't, it's just, um, it's an incredible collection. But even the Carrera GT in the yellow, it's like yeah, it's such, cool. a, such a brave color to buy. Like you're buying a Carrera GT and you buy speed yellow. You know, everyone buys the black or the silver and you buy speed yellow. You know what I mean? So it means you've got... Oh, faience yellow. It's not even speed is yellow. It? Yeah. And you've, yeah. Got, you've got, which means one, you know, you look at the collection, it's like, okay, he's got plenty of money. He's actually got pretty good taste. You know what I mean? He's got mm. a good, well-rounded collection. And of course, he's a bit like Zuckerman. He didn't buy one GT3, you know, GT3 4.0, whatever it is. He bought two, the white and the black. Two. 
997, yeah. you know, because you've got to have both colors. But yeah. when you think of it as a buying proposition, you know, it makes sense. You know, you buy one and one had more mileage than the other, didn't it? Wasn't one had lower mileage and one had more mileage? So you buy one, drive one and keep the other one. And then you still yeah. made, you know, so much money in, in, in the transaction because they've just appreciated by so much. Um, yeah. What was your pick out of that, oh, that of those cars? Was there one that stood out to you? I mean, the RSs I thought oh, were no. pretty cool. The RSs were yeah, pretty cool. They're, they're all pretty kind of amazing. Like the four liters, um, there's a, I'm just scrolling through it now. Even the 88 um, kind of club sport, which would be pretty rare. Um, but Chris Harris, that's the one that Chris Harris kind of bangs on about because that's the one car that he regrets kind of selling the most. Um, it's only got like six and a half thousand. That one's pretty cool, miles. isn't it? Yeah. Um, there's a 911R in there. The Speedster, the 997, 997 Speedster. Yeah, not my favourite. I'd, I'd, I'd gladly pass over that for something else. The 1973, um, the extra Miroquai car, which I'm reckoning was Jamiroquai. The 1973 Porsche 911, he said it was owned by a guy in a hat who dances a lot, so I'm guessing that was Jamiroquai. Oh, the purple one? The purple one, which is up to 350,000. Yeah. Uh, the one I like, the one I like was the 1971 Porsche 911 T 2.2, left-hand drive. Um, that's only 62,000. That's really, I, I, he actually liked it too. Um, Chris Harris, he said it was a good one as well. Um, yeah, right. what else is good, mate? There's got a 911 R there's, you know, there's nothing there that's, there's nothing there that you just kind of go, oh, I don't really like that. Like, no, <laughs> they're, they're all like, you know, kind of pretty amazing. The, all these 964 RSs as well. There's one with 164 I kilometers. Know, I know the red one, isn't it? Was that the red one? Yeah, the red one, the guard's red one. Yeah, so there's a there's the nine eleven there's a nine six four turbo three point three. That's at eighty two thousand. That's not bad either, that blue one. Have you got the page open? The blue one is actually not a yeah, bad one. And then there's the nineteen ninety one yep. Carrera RS with hundred and sixty four kilometers from new. A lot of yeah. left hand drive cars, you notice that? There was quite a few left hand drives in the uh, collection. Yeah. Um you know, oh, GT three RS nine nine one, GT two RS yep. with Visac pack, you know, like it's just, it's just like heaven. It's just like Porsche heaven. Who is you know? this person? You know? But I'm assuming too that the kind of person that's bidding on this sort of stuff, like surely this is kind of Jerry Seinfeld territory, like, or well, I don't know, even that, you would that think. Damien, the car guy's guy who I think he bought something recently off um, collecting cars. It, you really got to have like a hell of a lot of money and you got to be a serious collector to start kind of getting into a car that's got 124 wow. miles on it. You look you look at this auction and you think, you know, people like Zuckerman or Spike Fairstein or Seinfeld, you know, yeah. they must be looking at this because there's left-hand drivers there, you know. There, there's US cars. Yeah. Well, they could be European cars actually, not necessarily. They're probably European cars, yep. right? They're probably not US cars. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. You know, but for someone like that, you know, the RS... You know, if you wanted an RS, an immaculate RS, you know, you've got the choice of two, haven't you, or three. Yeah. You know, it's insane. You know, when you when you listen to, you know, like all those sorts of things with um, those guys that go on um, Smoking Tire podcasts, the the people that source all of the cars for the collectors, what's his name, Serio, is it? Oh, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I forget Those types of people. It sounds like, though, that in that kind of sphere, everybody knows where the cars are at. You know, like um, there's only a finite number of Carrera GTs and people know who own them. And it's just a matter of waiting for somebody to kind of, you know, realize that they're happy to kind of move it along. So, but I think you're right. But the thing is, you know, like you said about the GT thing, you know, like this whole Porsche market at the moment, Steve, you know, it's, it's, Mm. you know, people can't, 
apparently people can't get a hold, can't buy a new Porsche. Apparently, even in Australia, I read some article that people's orders have been set back. Did you read that article? I don't know where it was. People's orders have been pushed back. You know, there's like 12-month waiting lists on new 911s. Um, This microchip microchip, um, shortage around the world is causing issues for car manufacturers as well. Um, You know, so people are looking at classic market, people looking at used market. It's pushing up used values. It's pushing up used Porsche values, which is good for us, owning old Porsches, of course, getting old Porsches now, so it helps us. But I don't know where it's going to end. You know, where is it going to end? Is it going to be a bubble to burst? Is it going to get to the point where it just has to stop and come back down again? I don't know. Does it end? I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, It probably, and it's fueled by, you know, like a lot of the sort of journos and stuff kind of banging on about how peak car is sort of around like, you know, 2000 to 2010, that sort of rough decade is where like everybody's kind of saying that that's where, you know, cars are at their best. And like a lot of cars in this collection are pretty much in that sort of time period. But even the, even, you know, you think about, you know, we go back to that same thing we always talk about is like you're coming in, Mm. you know, 996s are getting up there you know depending on which country you're in 996s are getting higher in price you know 997s are high in price you know unless you have a lot of fun so what do you buy you buy a boxster nothing wrong with getting a boxster you can get a 986 boxster still or a 987 boxster you know what i mean but then do you look at transaxles do you look at the 968 the 944 the 928s you know 928s are getting up there um i sent you that really good example which i think is a fantastic example and auto house have two of them at the moment uh, that 968 oh, yeah, in yeah, white, yeah. you know, the manual 968 yep. in white. Uh, and for the listeners, that's for sale at Auto House as well for 68000 Australian dollars. 968 or 968 in white, you know, with the pop-up lights are not covered. So yep. it, it's manual. It's in pretty good nick. It's 125,000 kilometers or so, 120,000 kilometers. And he's also got a convertible yep. as well. It looks like it's the same owner because the, the service stamps and that are the same people at some kind of weird service place. Um, I have a funny feeling the Cabriolet as well and the, both of those are from the same person. They're just selling them oh, okay. for the same person. It's manual as well. It's a Cabriolet man- manual. I mean, if you wanted a yep. 968 Cabriolet, it's actually a pretty good example as well. I think it's got lower kilometers than the hardtop. It's a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. Ten, I think it's 10 grand mm-hmm. cheaper. Um, you know, so maybe you get into a nine six eight or a nine four four or something like that. Um, I guess but you can then, still... They're still they're still not cheap. No, they're still no. not cheap at all. And then you look at the U.S. market, which I thought was like a you know a, a treasure haven or a treasure chest, you know, to get a cheap mm. car. But then you know the U.S. market now is just there's so much competition. You know what I mean? Unless you're getting something yeah. off the record, off the market. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is a lot of lot of competition. Um, and from what I've heard from someone that reached out to me who's going to be, who wants to be on a future owner stories, they're friends with a, I'm not going to mention who it is actually, I'll tell you later, but they're friends with someone mm-hmm. who's quite a well-known dealer in Sydney um, mm-hmm. and said maybe they, that I would want to talk to them on the podcast um, just mm-hmm. about the values and also about how many cars are selling that are not even advertised. You know, there's so many cars selling yeah, sure. and are not, not even getting to market. And I think James of Porsche Platts at RSR Classics, he also said the same thing. James has been on the podcast that there's so yep. many deals are being done, you know, in, in, the, in the background that you don't even know about. Um, so many cars are coming up. So it's just be it's going to be harder and harder though, isn't it, mate? Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like um, slightly different thing, but um, I told you my um, my other cousin decided that he wanted to get rid of his Golf R and move up a notch. Um, so he was kind of horsing around 
and he was asking questions about you know how how to go about buying a used car because he'd never he's always bought new cars um he's wound up sort of looking at m3s but it's like yeah you know i don't think car sales is the only way to do it you know like um i'd start kind of trawling through forums and you know go to some good independent kind of dealers and um just tell them that that's you know what you're after kind of thing because um if you can kind of secure a car before it actually hits car sales then you know that's even better really that's what you want to do don't you get it before it hits the market yeah. you want to do that like yeah. you know like nick who bought the 912 in the uk who got it who found it through some forum and then got it before, wasn't even yeah. advertised you know a 912 yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. and you know a lot of people send me 912s and a lot of them are on you know sites i haven't heard of before a lot of them are on ebay on facebook marketplace yeah. which i never really look at that much you know what i mean yeah. A lot of the times yeah. I can't even access Facebook Marketplace. I get a link and I can't even access it. I don't know why it blocks it's me out. It's hard to get to, yeah. Yeah, it blocks yeah. me out for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but I guess that's the way you need to do it. You know, like I'm, yep. you know, I'm kind of in, in hold mode at the moment, as you know, and as I've said sure. before. And yep. it's frustrating because, I, you know, there are, there are a couple of cars that have come up in the last week, which, you know, which I really do like. You know, I do like that blue one on collecting cars. I do like the idea of a 911T. I haven't hit it before, the extra power. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then Beverly Hills Car Club had a three-dial 66 912 came up in matching numbers in slate gray. They still have it. It hasn't sold. And it's only mm-hmm. 49000 US dollars. It needs a bit of work, I think. Engine-wise, it looks mm-hmm. like it does. You can't see the flaws. But it's an original matching color slate gray one, Steve. And I really love the slate gray. Mm. You know, that's like the color you want. And it's only 49,000. Like it's 49,000 US dollars, which is so cheap, you know. And And I'm so, you know, this is the thing when I talk to people on owner's stories, you know. You know, I could talk about this in years to come. My story is, is that, you know, eventually I'll get one. But this this thing at the moment where it's just holding me back, where I just can't, I can't move at the moment until, you know, something else is settled, which is... You know, mm. I guess it, there's worse things to happen, but, you know, it could be worse. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, but it's just sure. a bit frustrating that you know you can do it, but you just sort of got to hold because, you know, you've got to be a bit sensible, yeah. I guess. Look, I've said it before. I just, um, with the whole kind of market seemingly going nuts, like, I wonder if it is a bubble and whether it will burst and all of that sort of stuff. But um, it is just really scary because, you know, if for whatever reason I didn't have my... Um, my 997 GT3, there's no way that I could afford to kind of um, get back into the, this sort of market. Sell it like, to me, I'll buy it off you, 200,000, 200K. Cheap. Mm, <laughs> you, might, you might have to go up a little bit, mate. But yeah, like, it's, it, is, it is pretty kind of, um, it is quite kind of full on when you sort of think about it like that. Um, who, who knew that it would become so valuable? Yeah, you know, yeah, true. You know what I think, though? I think that these mm. times, ta- because of COVID, and because of things that have been going on and the car market, because yep. this classic market is happening and because the used market, there really is now a really huge demand for these car, curated car, people, car. And I'm going to mm-hmm. use, um, I'm going to use, you know, other terms like, you know, car concierge and, and you know, things like that. And, oh, you know, okay. like, yeah, yeah. And, yep. and like uh, Greg in the US with first flat six. You know what I mean? We're mm-hmm. helping people with mm-hmm. the 996 and, you know, and 99, you know, because he's, you know, Greg is, Greg always sends me messages and he really does have a lot of information about 996s. He knows a lot more than I do. And you know what I mean? Yep. Um, yep. And I, you know, I always learn stuff from him when he tells me something or, you know, even in the podcast that time, you know, but this yep. thing, Steve, where I think there really is a market for it, don't you? That you need someone to, 
it's like that stereo guy. It's like those people, you know, you want someone, there's such a market there to help people find what they're after. Because it is, if you don't know, it's really like a bit daunting, isn't it? You know, like you said, your, your, you know, your cousin, is it? You know, looking for a, yeah. a used car when he's never bought a used car, he's only bought a new car. Even that side of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. True, true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm in sort of two minds about it because, look, I guess they probably, you know, people like um, James at Porsche Platz obviously has access to cars that, um, you know, um, through his kind of network because he's he's been in the industry for so long. Um, that, that obviously is um, super helpful if you're kind of looking for something that's very hard to kind of find. Um, I don't know. I did... It, car hunting is such a strange sort of thing like I think some people enjoy the thrill of the chase though as well like you know part of the journey is actually kind of doing all the research and sort of getting to that sort of spot so paying somebody to do it I don't know if it's you know like you you miss out on some of that experience potentially yeah um, but you know like <laughs> depends on depends on who you are and you know what you like kind of thing no but even you know new cars like I said you know new car concierge you know um Luke mm. that was on previous owner stories, you know what I mean? And yep. the service that he gives with new cars, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not easy and it's I think it's you know, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I don't know if some and, and like and James at Porsche Platz. James does it for Porsche, you know what I mean? It's you know, yep. RSR classics and James does it does does the same thing, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, what are you looking for? He has the contacts, they find it for you, you know, they do the groundwork. He knows a lot of these cars that come up, you know what I mean? He knows about them. I mean, I mm. sent him a car. I sent James at uh, RSR Classics Porsche Platz on Instagram uh, something, and he said, yeah, I know that car. It's not, you know, it's not blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. helps to have people like that. It really does help to have people like that to, um, to guide you when you're, when you're looking for something, especially of Porsche, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, uh, James mm. just sold his um, – he sold the uh, – SC. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The red SC. Yeah, he sold the SC. I saw that. Um, he's still got the race car, I think. He's still got the, um, the cup car. The cup car, yep. the Fitzgerald one. Yeah. Yep. Coming up next week um, is another cup car story. That's why it'll be an interesting one for you. Next week's owner's oh, stories. Okay. Yeah, so it's a good one too. Yeah, cool. I don't know how I got to manage to speak to two people with cup cars. It's quite crazy. <laughs> like, well, how many people have cup cars? Yeah, I thought they were so rare, you know, but they are rare. Um, but, you know. Yeah, they're rare. Very specific, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, let's talk about, you know, um, I've been, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about uh, Stuttgart Klassiker, mm. the gear knob, uh, because mm-hmm. Nick in the UK sent me it and he was going to get it for his 997. I haven't bought mine yet. Um, I was going to buy it. I'm not sure. I haven't checked with him. He's going to be in London uh, next week, actually. Um, so I will, okay. I will actually see him on one day so yeah. here in the beginning of the week. Um, but yeah. I'm not sure if he bought it. Uh, I told Steve yeah. about it, just for the listeners. I told Steve about it. You know, he didn't seem too yeah. interested at all, of course. And then I sent him another link. <laughs> and then I sent him another link from, Lathe, was it Lathworks? Whatever you call it. What is it Lathe called? Works. Lathworks. Lathe I sent him the other US. one from Lathworks. Yeah. I sent someone else that link too. You know, which yeah. is in the US, and I thought Steve would like that because you can, you know, spec it all out. You know, he didn't really say much for a couple of weeks, and, and what happened, Steve? <laughs> I ordered one. You ordered one. Okay, yeah. just so everyone remembers, I'm going to remind everyone, Steve yeah. has yeah. Uh, Carbone <laughs> gear shifts that he also bought. Now, yeah. one nine nine seven one one nine nine seven GT3, <laughs> how many gear shifts? Do we need, Steve? Uh, uh, four or five. 
<laughs> yeah, I was having a, I was I was in a bit of a rut, put it that way. The um, the whole new parenthood experience has been quite uh, intense. So I don't know what happened. I think I was just kind of going, oh man, what the hell's going on? Has here? it arrived and yet? All... No, 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 no. Um, it takes. I think it takes the dude, very really nice guy. Uh, what's his name? Chris. I think he might be a German guy based in the US, but um, he. It takes, uh, I think it takes him like uh, two business weeks to kind of turn it around. Then he'll have to kind of ship it and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah. yeah. And this is not an ad, of course, but if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, it's what is it? Lathe, L A T H E, Lathe, W E R K S, right? Yes, yeah. Lathe works. Yeah. I'll put it in. I'll put the link in the description of the YouTube video. Actually, if you go to the YouTube Michael Bath when this comes up on YouTube, the audio, I'll put in the link in that so people can see it. But yeah, I thought you he sent was me quite the link, um, from Renlist. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was an article on Renlist about it. I I did a yeah. search. I came across it, and then I did another search, and then a Renlist forum came up, and people were saying how great it was. And then someone said, you know, he would do a short little rod for them, and someone said they that he yeah. would change something else. But basically, he has this yeah. page, and it's a shifter, and it's polycarbonate, like the plastic ones, isn't it? it looks is it plastic? Yeah. Poly, black, black yeah, the black, the black yeah. sort of ones, and you can get it. The benefit of his over Stuttgart Classica, and they look the same, is you can option it very, very well. So you can have silver inset in the laser etch, you can have white, you can have black, you know, you can have white, you can have black knobs, can't you, Steve? You can have yeah, um, look, not different kind of notching, different kind of engraving. There's quite a lot of differences you can you can add to it. It gets quite confusing, actually. I found it a bit confusing after a while. Not, not wanting to... Um uh, mess up on Stuttgart Classica, but to me they look very similar. I can't tell whether or not um, they're actually the same sort of thing or not. So yeah, I thought they were the same. Um, I I opted for it. Well, I opted for it because it was cheaper, and I'm a tight ass, and um, I was just kind of horsing around trying to look at the spec of it, and I kind of measured it up against like a standard kind of shifter and my um, my 911 Outlaw one just to kind of see what the basic dimensions are like because it looked a little bit chunky no i think for my aesthetic taste but um yeah so in the end i shortened it by an inch i think what you did and i was going to bring that up actually for anyone that's listening wants to get one i think what you did was correct um nick had sent me through the dimensions of his shifter and then i looked at the the drawing standard shifter yeah then i looked at the drawings on lathe works site and this was after you sent me the message saying you bought one and you made it shorter. <laughs> yeah. And yep. then I looked at the dimensions. I thought, why Steve made it shorter? But it kind of is about an inch too long. Like when it's you look tall. at the one, a too tall, yeah, on yeah. the Lathworks one, it is about an inch too long. I don't think the rod, the thickness of the rod, the shaft, is any different to the one on Stuttgart Classica. Stuttgart Classica, I asked him about the length. He said it was about the same length, but he didn't know for sure. Um, mm-hmm. which made me think when he said that, that they didn't actually make them because he wasn't sure. So that yeah. made me think again that are they, re- are they getting them from it. the yeah. Lathworks guy because, you know, the Lathworks price is very, very cheap and if you add margin Compared on, the, it's yeah. almost like it makes sense that they do actually buy it from this guy in the US. So that's why I haven't mm-hmm. bought one from Stuttgart Classic yet because I do want one, but I am still haven't completely decided whether I should get the well, one from... Lathe if you works. want, you can hold out and see what this one turns out like. I yeah. Don't, you know, so, a, it was a bit of an experiment because <laughs> really for me... getting to. So I can wait to see yours now and then I can make yeah. the decision easier. I'm, I'm the guinea pig. Yes. Because 
it, it was definitely an impulse thing. But I think I sort of said it to you at the time when I ordered um, the wooden one from Joel um, via Carbone. Um, ideally, I actually kind of wanted to see if he could just sort of supply me with um, the black plastic kind of knob as well. Um, so I could just kind of switch that out, but that wasn't really an option. So I always quite liked the look of it. Okay. So um, Stuttgart Classiker yeah. is is the store, I think, that has the wooden knobs. And I think they were the shopper that I was trying to think of. They're the ones that, that sell the real Dave Mason um, knobs. I think that's where oh, they get them from. I'm pretty sure oh, okay. that was... Remember ages ago I was telling you there was a shop that sold the real Dave Mason and I couldn't remember what it was called? I think it's oh, Stuttgart. I thought that was TRE in the States. I thought it was Stuttgart Classica had it as well because they uh, have wooden knobs. Yeah, okay. I think, yeah, right. I think the ones they have are from him though. Um, okay. What is it though for the listeners? Because I've, the listeners are probably going, you know, um, what is yeah. it with the wood knob? Was there anything with the wood knob that you didn't like? Because now you're changing no, no, no. it and you wanted the black one. Is there something about the wood knob that you didn't like after using it for a few months? No, 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 no. Uh, no, no, no. So to be... To be very, very upfront about it, nothing wrong with any of it. <laughs> Is it because you didn't? You can never remember what gear you're in, so you need the one with the numbers on the top. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's nothing to do with anything. Does like your wood that, one have the numbers is, on top? No, it doesn't, and I prefer it without it. It's confusing, though, isn't it? How would you know? <laughs> so, some of us know how to drive, mate. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, like um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's just because at the moment my car's. I put the um, standard shifter back in the, um, the okay. one that came with the car. The yeah, car you went back shifter. standard. So are you? Um, are you yeah. And you mentioned, and, and the listeners will remember the Weiss Gold, the Weiss Gold, Weiss Gold uh, wheel situation. Are you looking? Are you thinking yeah. about putting your gold wheels back on your car? I am. Are I you going to upgrade? I, I, are you going to get them refurbished, or they're all okay? No, no, no. They're in really good nick. Um, I actually was killing time yesterday when I was here by my lonesome. Um, my wife took the kids out, so I went down and I um, I pulled the wheels out to have a kind of quick look at it and give them a, a little bit of a wax. So they're in really good nick and I still very much like the colour and everything. So Well, I had a really I, good chat. I, I, I thought yeah. of you actually and I just want to interrupt because you're talking about the wheels. I had a really good chat with um, another owner that's coming up who's got a GT3, mm-hmm. another GT3 owner, yep. but, a, but a new GT3. Yep. And he... He uh, runs the 4S wheels on his um, GT3. 4S wheels? The, the Michelin Pilot Sport, whatever they're called. Oh, yeah, tires. Yeah, the tires, tires, sorry, yeah. the tires, um, which you yeah. were thinking of. Um, and he said they yes. were really good. What he do you say? They're yeah. really good. I think it might be... But he drives, oh, he, he uses his car as a daily driver and he drives in the snow and everything, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, look, I... I I suspect that the difference between a Cup 2 and a 4S, the way that I drive, and I still kind of try to avoid driving in the rain sort of thing, um, I bet you I can't tell the difference. But, you know, there's only one way to find out. Yeah, you're going to get rid of the Cup 2s and try a different tyre on the on the wheel, on the Weiss Gold, on the Gold I wheels. think so. I don't know. I think so. Like, I think if I was buying a brand new set of tyres right now, I don't think I'd go Cup 2s again. I think I'd... I'd make the switch to a 4S. Um, what? Yep. Okay. What are the center caps on the Weiss Gold wheels? I can't remember. Are they the colored they're cap? They're both the same. Yeah, they're both colored crests. Colored crests on gold. I remember those wheels. I like those wheels. It's going to be interesting to see them on your car, actually, because last time you had them on, you had it with the, with the decal on the side, decals. the stripe. So it's yeah. kind of nice how yeah. it's just fresh, you know. Um, 
A lot of people tell me yeah, not to just... take my stripes off, but I, I'm still tempted to take them off. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Like, you know, with regards to, you know, why four shift knobs, why X number of, you know, seat inserts and all that sort of stuff. Just because I'm an idiot. But I think it's just at the moment um, having, st- like, you know, stayed very much at home during COVID and all that kind of thing, you're just looking for things to kind of keep your interest on. Oh, you've like got all really this excess is... money, mate. You've got all this excess money. Yeah, yeah, So much money. So much money. <laughs> I'm about to go and have a shower and, um, you know, $100 bills. But no, like, you know, be, be, because, because like, I have very much stuck to um, myself. I haven't seen many friends. I haven't kind of gone out much at all. Um, more than, like, 12 months, it'd be probably more like 18 months. Um, man, I'm just looking for things to do. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean... Looking for cheap thrills, basically. Yeah, I know. I've actually been very, very good lately. I I don't look you at. You have to be though. I yeah. haven't been looking. Yeah, because of the situation at the moment, I haven't been looking at yeah. any. I haven't been looking at Amazon. I haven't been looking mm-hmm. at uh, clothing sites, which you know I do like to buy the yep. odd piece of clothing. And I I saw an email this yep. morning and it was like oh, I shouldn't have seen it because now I wanted to look, click on it and then I clicked on it and then it was like no I can't spend that much I can't spend that much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then even the car things like there's all the, my whole car list and there's a big list as you know from the sills to the shifter. You know, mm-hmm. um, all those things that I want to buy, I haven't bought anything. Even though there's been discount codes, discount codes being right. sent to me, you know, I, don't, <laughs> I just haven't bought anything, uh, which is really yeah. weird for me because it's it seems really weird. You know, I'm just well, stuff like you know, fire extinguishers and all that. Like generally, I just kind of go, eh, don't need that. Well, I owe you I money actually because I'm, I do. I owe you money, so I, that's in my head too because I got to pay a couple hundred bucks or whatever. It is. Sixteen dollars, mate. <laughs> 16 Australian dollars. It's okay. The number plate, the number plate thing. I've got to pay for yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's okay. a couple of hundred. That's all right. So I've got to remember all no, the money I've, I've got to pay not, out. It's not that expensive. But yeah, yeah. Like it's just, I don't know, just because of the kind of current sort of situation, it's very easy at the moment because it is like a hobby, as I'm sure like a lot of other people got to buy, like buy Dogecoin or Shiba Inu coin or something, you know, I've got to make a quick return, mm. $10,000 return, mm. 10,000 times return. Mm, yeah no i know how to spend it i'm not gonna gamble it (laughs) all right mate let's call it a day it's been an hour uh it's an hour steve's got things to do it's 11 it's it's almost it's almost midnight here in london so i've got to go um anything else mate nope nope all good Good Um, sorry about last week again good to have you back um i'll talk i'll catch you at some point hopefully yeah we'll do it we'll organize it in the in the coming coming weeks maybe yeah. All right. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, mate. Take care. Have a good week. I didn't ask you if you've been on a drive and I didn't ask you about Marco's 996 Turbo. We'll talk about that next week, maybe. No, I haven't been on one and we are maybe going for one uh, this weekend. So, yeah. All right. Update you next week. Cool, cool. All right. Cool. Thanks, mate. Cheers. All right, everyone. That was Steve coming in from Sydney, Australia. Sunny Sydney. Um, Steve's got a 997 GT3 with three, <laughs> three shift knobs. <laughs> Uh, That's four, mate. Four (laughs) ship knobs, is it? Okay. Uh, My name is Michael Bath. This is a Portugal podcast. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for listening and bye for now.